on last week's Irrevelations. All priests are bad. APAB, baby. Kill a, ki- a kid for the sins of his father. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have rules. We're not f***ing savages like some people. What does f***ing Amaziah do but decide, oh, I can pass the Edomites. Why don't I go kill some Jews? I don't know much about the line of David. I don't know if it's going to come to play later in the Bible, but his kids suck. His whole line sucks. Yeah, I feel like you're really alienating our impoverished audience members. You should maybe walk back that. Macaroni and cheese and ketchup is a fine meal. Yeah, if you're poor. Before we turn to the word, I would like to... I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. Death in the Bible for killing innocent souls are in hell now, burning now. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. I just want to say I, I didn't say this earlier because you took your headphones off, but you fart like a baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am told that I have very manly farts, actually. No, 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 no. Whoever told you that is just trying to get in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> like Missy's just holding back vomit from how gay and <laughs> rabbit-like my farts are. Gross. Uh, <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> God, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Zoomers, uh, I saw a funny thing in the news. Mm. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, I finished it's, my coffee. You can say it, that. It's an ordeal. So, there's a man named Alex Morse. How do you know that? He's the mayor of a uh, small town. How do you know he's Mass- a man? Oh, I checked Wikipedia. So he is the mayor okay. of a town called Hollyoke in Massachusetts. Okay, um, it's near UMass Amherst. It happens to be okay. in Massachusetts' first congressional district. Now, Mr. Morse, Mayor Morse, rather, became mayor at age 22. He's 31 years old now, right? He's like Mr. a year mayor. younger than us. Became mayor nine years ago. Has been doing a great job. He, at 25, he became a guest lecturer at Amherst, right? So he's kind of a taking names, kicking ass, right? I mean, at 25, oh, you're a guest lecturer. You're a mayor. You're doing great. He's a very progressive, uh, kind of left-leaning politician. Sure. Let me tell you how fucked up politics are. So, here's what happens. Just a couple weeks ago, the Amherst's uh, newspaper, right, the school's newspaper, publishes a story on Alex Morse. Now, Alex Morse, the mayor, is running for a congressional seat. All right? Mm. He's running against a man named Dick Neal, Richard Neal who is like 70-something years old and has held the seat since before we were born, right? Okay. 30-something years. I'm sure these facts will come into play later. Okay, so he's a he's an establishment Democrat. You know what I'm saying? He's the old... 
Wait, it's a Alex Morse is a Democrat challenging an established Democrat for yes. a, a, a So he's a young progressive, seat. which is obviously becoming a big thing right now, right? You have him all over the place. Yeah, Chap- yeah communism is sweeping the nation and it's America, not because America's up. not long for this world. The guy is the mayor of a small Massachusetts town. I don't think he's a communist. They will divide us because they're trying to split up all the whites. So the newspaper publishes a story. <laughs> the school's newspaper publishes a story that as it turns out, this happy little mayor, by the way, a gay man, okay. our mayor, the the protagonist or antagonist of our story, we'll find out, has been apparently fucking students. Oh, no. Okay, so. Well, gay male wait, students, I'm assuming. Wait, no, chill, no, just babies at school. No, okay. he's been, the man has been having sex with students while he's also How old are a these guest students? lecturer. Well, let's get to it. So, oh, Jesus Christ. Some students at college are 18 years old, so we'll assume the worst. He's having okay. sex with 18 the worst is The worst is legal adults, okay? That's right. So Alex Morris has been doing this, apparently, allegedly, right? And not only that, he has been stalking uh, other students online and uh, making uncomfortable messages to them in their private DMs on Instagram. All right? Okay. So... Just all kinds of awful behavior that we should not expect from any of our, our politicians. Don't do that. They right. don't do weird Never. sex stuff. Never, especially the gay ones. Yeah, just they're just too. Just imagine the sexual libido of two men yeah, who yeah, are yeah. attracted to gotcha. each other. I can't imagine anything more Good. more homophobic stereotypes from from. The no, I mean whatever. I'm a guy. If I fucked, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> imagine me locked in a room with me. Shit, <laughs> it's going down. Obviously, but it is. Uh, there's this whole thing of like, oh, he's he's you know being a predator on campus and blah 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 blah. Okay. It's actually it, that legitimately is kind of like a homophobic trope, right? The gay man. I don't think as two straight men we really understand it, but okay. Of course not. It is a trope, is all I'm saying. I don't because I'm almost I'm almost uh, knowing a little bit about gay culture, sure, and especially following Milo Yiannopoulos's career as I have, <laughs> sure. I don't know. There's a little bit of a the the, the older younger is a little bit. I think more um, acceptable. Yeah, straight, uh, yeah, rich straight guys never date younger women. <laughs> well, whatever. But you know what I mean. Like a thirty year old gay guy having sex with an eighteen year old gay guy. I I can't I can't comment on it. I don't understand. It, well, yeah, it, I don't it, give it, a shit. I think obviously. it's more acceptable within their community, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, you're right. We don't know. I don't think you can compare it to the same lens of like a thirty-year-old banging coeds. You know, true, true. I don't think it's held to the same standard. But okay, continue. Now, Mayor Morse released an apology saying, "Yeah, I have had consensual relations with adults." Again, remember that he when he started being a lecturer, he was only twenty-five years old. So there were probably students his age. There were students his age at the school, Um, and now he's thirty-one. Sorry that I'm so hot, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, by the way, he is, obviously. So, <laughs> continuing, he releases an apology. Sorry if I made anyone uncomfortable. I didn't realize. Blah, blah, no. blah. And this is a, obviously comes out just weeks before his primary, absolutely gutting his chances, of course. Okay. Then a story comes out this week. Okay. Right? This is fucked. Bro, buckle up. Okay, Jesus. The college Democrats at Amherst are were led by their like strategic coordinator, Let's name this motherfucker. I'm going to say it. They're led by the strategic coordinator, Timothy Ennis, or chief strategist, I guess, for the UMass Amherst College Dems. 
Yeah, horrible title, right? A chief strategist for the college Democrats. Ugh. Oh, yeah, we got to get our strats up. Got yeah. it. So, The Intercept, a great uh, indie, I guess, outlet you might call them, publishes this story that um, Timothy Ennis began working inside the College Democrats a year ago, last October specifically, to do this. Okay, so somebody leaked all of their internal emails, a bunch of their internal text messages from the College Democrats that they began, Ennis wanted to become an, a free fucking unpaid intern for Dick Neal, the current uh-huh. sitting fucking Congress member. Sure. And so came up with a plan that he was going to basically single-handedly undermine the progressive challenger using the full power of the college Democrats to do it. So he gets a gay man that's in the college Democrats, uh, something Abramson, I forget his name, to be the bait. Now, they had previously matched on Tinder, but not met up. Oh, okay. God, this sounds horrible. So, yeah. So, I guess... Um, Are you telling me ma- that the Democrats set up a honeypot? Yes. So, oh, God. the mayor the mayor came and spoke at a college Democrat thing, because he's a Democrat and lives near them, blah, blah, blah. He's a guest right. speaker at the school. He comes and speaks, um, and they kind of use this as an opportunity to tell him they can he can never speak with them again. Now you find out that the person they're referring to that he's creeping on and making uncomfortable was the honeypot. And here's the way that he crept. They have screenshots. So the honeypot took screenshots of his Instagram conversation and was sharing them with his buddies. Obviously, they didn't release these to the newspaper whenever they did their expose. Yeah, come lick but me, daddy. Here's the, here's what happened. Um, hey, it was, I guess they had matched on Tinder, didn't hook up. Alex Morse, the mayor, sees this Abramson guy at the event that he spoke at uh-huh. and text and message him on Instagram later, DMs him. Hey, it was really good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you too. How's your weekend going? That's it. Right. Yeah. I had a good weekend. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. That is their uncomfortable messaging that mayor Morris has been doing to college students. <laughs> What's the, he had a, Hey, have a good weekend conversation on Instagram. Like there's screen. This, I have it right here. This yeah, is not great. Smoke and mirrors. Well, then why did he apologize? Well, I guess he has to apologize just for... Well, yeah. Because they're the liberals. They have to pretend they care about the bad things they do as well, opposed to just... Well, fucking primaries coming up. And, like, he's like... He didn't even... He said, I'm sorry if I made someone uncomfortable. That's not really an apology, even. True. Yeah. And he said... Sorry yeah, you misunderstood sex. my sexual harassment, you dumb bitch. Well, he also came out and said, I'm not going to apologize for having sex with men, if that's what you want. Like, he, he kind of put <laughs> some bite on it, which was good. Right. Good. Um, good for him. Yeah, so anyways, the whole thing fucking unraveled in The Intercept. And if you want a good read, it is a great read. Just Google Alex Morse The Intercept. I'm telling you guys, it's fucking insane what this fucking little... It's so creepy what these little like college Democrat guys are like, this is what's going to springboard me into political relevance. Is out in a gay man? Out, by taking down a gay progressive candidate who just seems like a great dude. Like, he's super nice and polite on Instagram, clearly. We know now, because we leaked his chats. Yeah. He's- hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> Do you like scones? And they're like, let's get this queer. And they're like, no, no, you guys, come on. He became a mayor at 22 and has won re-election like three times now. He's obviously, like, good at that. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Sure. He's he's charismatic, handsome. He's oh, basically like if Pete Buttigieg wasn't a fucking spook. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Spook There's, in this instance meaning what exactly? A CIA a, plant? Uh, he's an op. Yeah, dude. He's uh, okay. former Navy Intel. Those are the worst. Okay. All right. 
Uh, I thought it was like the 1950s all over again. Using Jesus the word Christ, <laughs> come on. Who uses the word spook? Any, uh, anyone. I t- I'm in, in a lot I of I only use it to circles. refer to ghosts. <laughs> like, ooh, this house has probably got some spooks in it. But, um... <laughs> that is a ghost, This I guess. club's a bit spooky, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's how our political system works. If you're ever curious, imagine how many of these things actually would have just gone by without uh, someone leaking... The internal chat that I, that I kind of almost it. what would put be, what would be the absolute cherry on top is who's the sitting incumbent um, Richard Neal, who by the way is a major donor to the College Democrats to like oh. support their. I, uh, I just that that does muddy it a little bit, but it would be absolutely funny if he just had no fucking clue what was going on, and he's like, oh, "What yeah. are you guys doing?" They're like, well, he's claiming that, of course, well, of course, but. It would be. It would just be absolutely funny if it was just like, notice me, senpai. He's like, what'd you do? He's like, yeah, we insinuated that a gay man had gay sex. He's like, cool. Well, I mean, this I'm, guy is like eight you know, years been, old. He'd probably be like, yeah, get him. Uh, well, he's a eighty-year-old Democrat. I just, I, I, I could just imagine it'd be like, um, it'd be like if I was running for city council, and uh, yeah, city council. And I have sure. a challenger, but it's a guy with one eye, and he speaks with a lisp, and he's incredibly racist. And then some guy comes out of nowhere, and like, by the way, I planted a fake ad that he beats women. I'm like, okay, that's great, we, but I, we had this I wasn't that worried first, you know? Like, that's cool that you did that for me. I'm, I'm really impressed, but... I don't think that would work, know. though, because Morse was going, I think, projected to win before it, this it, happened. And now it actually is like a... Enough people heard the shitty story that probably won't hear the intercept story that no one's reporting on. Okay, it just it it almost to me sounds like because you got like such a long term sitting uh, Democrat. It just it, it just sounds like a Tanya Harding situation, but instead they attacked some like teenager who barely learned how to skate this week. You know, I, I mean, maybe maybe I'm underrepresenting Alex Morse's chance of just. No, from- I think he was looking to unseat the guy, just like huh? happened oh. in. Uh, what Brooklyn with Jamal Bowman and AOC just like, and such? Yeah, like it's happening everywhere. Huh? Huh? So huh? I don't know. It's bullshit. <sighs> Why do they target their own? What's that about? Well, because progressive policies aren't good for I think mainline. I Democrats. guess it is Massachusetts. Like if he had actually attacked like a Republican, it definitely would have been like a Tanya Hardy. Yeah, yeah, that uh, would have yeah. been. Like, look at this. I took out some guy who had no chance anyway. Like, cool. I killed, I killed his wife so he couldn't campaign. <laughs> he. He he, he, he ran on free guns to fu- kill abortion doctors. That was his campaign. You're like, oh, well. I would luck. pretend that I was going to kill abortion doctor to take the gun, but then I wouldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. It's like. Just um, so clear. I wouldn't do it. I don't know. It just, to me, it, it kind of sounded like when those like uh, BLM protesters like took over a Starbucks and they're like, yeah, it's Black Lives Matter. It's like, but it's a Starbucks. Like you're you're attacking your friends on this one you guys why would you guys attack other democrats to help oh, out yeah. a democrat i don't know it just seems that's sided but that's water is less clear but yeah i don't know but whatever funny funny shit thank you for that journey i guess <laughs> i mean we could do something else if you want if that's no that's fine, just, that's fine. it's, it's such a fun it's a good read i'm telling you all right if uh, you got the time alex morris the intercept i don't know that's funny uh, speaking of uh, wars of succession, I guess, I guess we can talk about... Speak, speaking of incumbents being unseated, how about that? Yeah, speaking of uh, douchebag infighting within your race, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Bible let's today. talk about the Bible. Talk about that the Bible. That is definitely the theme this week, huh? Uh, yeah. Welcome, everyone, 
to the Revelations podcast, where the podcast that reads the Bible, so you don't have to, and hopefully other books someday. By the way, we don't say yeah. that enough. Yeah, we read the Bible, so you don't have to. And one of these days, we're going to read the Quran, and that will be the end of it. And we're going to get a fatwa called on us. It's going to fucking rock. Yeah, we'll be out at sea by then, though. Yeah, and so they come can't find us. swim. No, they can't. Or have pet dogs. Okay, so wow, uh, this this episode. I thought you'd stop me. I didn't think you'd. <laughs> This is episode... You can't both be bad cop. <laughs> 99. <laughs> yeah, we're not actually Islamophobes. We're maybe ISIS-phobes, though. No, we're okay Abrahamic-phobes. Let's just say yeah, we're we Abrahamic-phobes. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I, I do like those, like... Um, Muslims and I, Jews. Every now and then you would see, like, uh, little Facebook posts, like, anti-Muslim, anti-Islamophobic, uh, or Islamophobic posts. They're like... Uh, it would be like uh, Charlie Kirk being like, my Bible tells me to respect women. Your Quran tells you to hate them. I'm like, ah, you haven't been reading it then. You, <laughs> you been... have not read the Bible, sir. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Uh, With... You guys all came from the same God. If he sucks, you suck. What What? What a, what a Pyrrhic victory you've made, sir. With all due respect to Charlie Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's uh, make sure. Okay. Give him his okay. due. Um, yeah, so this is episode 99. I think I already said that, but that's that's fun. Yeah. All right. We're about to break the old 100 cherry, as yeah. it's known in the business. The as it is known in the business, the 100 cherry. They use that word <laughs> cherry. They can't avoid it. No. I always call it the it. century beef curtains. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop that cherry like a zit. <laughs> That's gross. All right. Okay. Uh, we're picking up. In Second Kings chapter what fifteen, huh? Chapter fifteen, Second Kings. Yeah. This book just keeps on going. Just me, keeps on going. This that's what that's what we're going to do today is we're going to like we said we hinted at it's about the changing of uh, the reins of power between peoples at a pretty rapid pace, um, and it's also a little boring, but yeah, there's some fun shit happening too. So. Well, you, you know what? It reminds me. I would put these chapters as like like episodes of Breaking Bad, where the very first few seasons, you're not quite sure. Okay, he's making some mistakes. Walter White's making some pitfalls, yeah. but he's not completely lost. And okay. then there comes that breaking point um, where it's like, okay, now you've officially gone too far, and things are just escalating. Yeah, where he's like, I'm the one who knocks. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one who knocks. You're like, okay, you're off the fucking rails, sir. Yeah. You're off the rails, Israel, and someone needs to fucking check you and keep you down. Oh, and we're going to do that. There will be plenty of checkage. Uh, So the story opens. What were we with last time? We were uh, with the second Jeroboam, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what was the last chapter? That one where the king got killed in a conspiracy and the son took yeah. over, and then another king got killed in a conspiracy and his son didn't take over? Oh, those day, those were the days. Yeah. So <laughs> nothing is new under the sun, of course, uh, especially in the Bible. And I think it's kind of poignant almost that the last guy that we talked about was also named Jeroboam. Because every single time a new king takes over Israel... What's like the first sense we get about him is that, okay, he's the new king. He was also evil because he did the same shit Jeroboam did. Yeah, son of so, the bat. Son of the bat, right? Yeah, son of the bat. So we've gotten callbacks to this Jeroboam, this mythically evil, even though he was kind of cool, this mythically evil dude Jeroboam. And it's always because 
of this one sin he commits, which again uh, we talked about this episodes back. Yeah, we've been was basically was basically that he continued to have sort of like a side bitch uh, in his god game. So well, let's let's break that down because it's important. I today. wouldn't never I wouldn't normally think of it as being particularly significant, but they keep harking to it. Like let's be clear. The sins of Israel, not Judah, but Israel, yeah, um, are the sins of Jeroboam. When Jeroboam uh, split up Israel because God split it up for him, you know, God, God handed him split. God handed him, uh, you know, ten nations of Israel, and was like, "Hey, you're the king now." And but by the way, I'm keeping the Ark of the Covenant and the seat of my power is God in Judah, the tiny the little. You know, I would say where the the entire nation of Israel derives its legitimacy is from that. Right, the the protector, the lighthouse. That's where the Ark of the Covenant is. You know, it it, it basically be like um, like you're in a city, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, by the way, we moved the city limits in twenty miles east of you, and by the way, there's bandits and Indians just running loose out there. Good luck out there. And you're like, okay, well, hmm, what are we going to do? So to I think create a better, a better metaphor would be if. God cut off my penis okay. and said, penis, you're free. Go do whatever you want. And then he's like, oh, okay. But then he's like, well, I don't have, why does Grant still has the balls? But I <laughs> not, I need the balls. I got no hips. What am I going like, to do? Like Grant doesn't need the balls anymore. I'm over here. Let me have at least a ball. And so okay. he goes and detaches his own ball. Right. But God's like, no, that's But a it's, a it's a golf it's ball. It's a golf ball. It looks like a ball. <laughs> It's got the same basic yeah. shape. It's, um, it can't store pee, though, unlike the <laughs> Okay. We're off the rails. But, yes, so so the whole point was that Jeroboam's grand sin was creating a second altar, essentially, where they worship golden calves. Yes. This is still Semitism, but God's like, no, 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 hold on. I only have the one franchise. That's a copyright infringement, and we gotta can't have that, so... So Let's thereby, it. It, it does tie back all the way to Aaron, which is what we had talked about previously, is that there was, Aaron was hearkening to some older beliefs that that tied this god, El, to this bull deity, which he is directly descended from, as far as I can tell. So it's all very interesting that, like, these guys are more, like, traditional in a way. You know, they're making uh, the Levant great again, if you will. So the point is, we're on Jeroboam too. Uh, the most recent king of Israel, and we are going to get a new king down in Judah. So, in the 27th year of Jeroboam II, Azariah, son of Amaziah, these fucking names again, um, becomes uh, starts his reign. So, he's 16 years old when he begins, and he reigns for 52 years. I think that's a record so far, right? Because 40 was like Solomon and David. Yeah. My Bible's... Um concordance states that this is the longest reign of any king of israel that we've had 52 yeah. years is a long time i think there ends up being another 52 down the line but this is fucking a high watermark for sure at this point right so let's talk about what kind of a 52 years of reign which means by the way he's going to live to be uh what 16 52 68 years old um which is pretty long time for what we've experienced with most of these monarchs too long yeah, way too long. So it says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had did. But now this is so funny because, again, the Israelite kings, 
horrible because they have a second temple. The Judean kings, great, but they oh. also still have the high places. It's, yeah, I think we mentioned this. Like they both, We've done uh, this. they both date rape, but yeah. one of them does it in his house. One of them does it in an alleyway. Exactly. And they're like, oh, well, one's so much worse better. than the other. You know, I don't but, know if there's a better one. So the point is that he, he <laughs> continues. One's a to Bill allow- Cosby. You know, the other is like a Brock Turner, you know. I don't, I don't have them on a different level. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the point is that these guys are doing roughly the same sin. There's the one that, that gives you free tickets to a show afterwards. Fair. There's the... There's the one that is worshiping something in the Aaron lineage of priests by having the bull around. These guys are worshiping like Ashara related stuff, which basically ties into uh, the peoples that were like Solomon's wife, the peoples that were here before the Israelites. Um, Cause that's where they got it. Right. All of Solomon's like filthy wives brought this right. in, I think. Yeah. So the point is that because Azariah allowed this to continue, just like every King before him had literally every single one. Because of this, um, God decided to afflict him with leprosy for his entire life. So he lives a leper in a cottage by himself with his son Jotham, basically running the country because his dad's a leper. I don't it's awful. think I don't think he was a leper for very much of his life. It just says he was struck. He did something, and I think it'll be explained in. Uh, my concordance says it's explained later that he uh, does Chronicles. a thing. He does a thing that God makes him uh, a leper. And it has to do with a um, improper burning. I think we'll see it actually maybe in a, in a few chapters or so. But the, okay. the point is, I don't think it's like he was 16. He got turned a leper. I think later in life, he did some shit. God made him a leper as punishment. Funny. And then that's Hilarious. when his son took over as co-regent. The only good thing about his son taking it over is that his son's name is Jotham, which is actually pretty cool. And it's different enough that I can remember it. All these other names are blending together like a, like my brain you has turned into mush. So, anyway, so the- then Azariah got leprosy and then he died and he rested. And you can read Chronicles if you want to hear what shit he did. Yeah, yeah so he reigned until he's 68 years old. His son eventually takes over. Blah, 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 blah. We so seen we know- it. That meantime, in the meantime, so we're going to cut back. We're going to do a lot of this. But in the meantime, as this 52-year-long reign is going on, in the 38th year of that reign, uh, Zechariah, right, the son of Jeroboam II, became the king of Samaria, only ruling for six months. So not a, not a great tenure, I would say, uh, compared to Jeroboam's. Um I wish we no. knew how old, though. I mean, I guess we could probably figure it out. But Zechariah, uh, the son of Jeroboam, reigns over uh, Israel in Samaria six months and then gets murdered later by Shalom, son of Jabesh, who yeah. kills him in front of the whole town or whatever. But I wish we knew how old he was. I, I don't, it, it probably explains it later, but it, well, I, Jero- I'm wondering if so he was like is, 12. I bet he was old because Jeroboam reigned for 41 years. So at that oh, point, by so the time he died, he probably had old kids. He probably had like a 20-something-year-old son. Yeah, so I'd imagine he's at least in his 20s maybe or 30s. A, maybe a 40-year-old son, because it says he ruled for that long, but he was an old he was an adult when he yeah. took over. Yeah. So, very cool. So yeah, uh, Jeroboam, long reign, Zechariah, short reign. He was evil, just like all the other Israelite kings. 
Nothing else you need to know about that. And also, importantly, Zechariah was the final in the Jehu lineage, right? So he was the fourth in the generation after Jehu, which means time's up. Hashtag time's up for you guys. You know what I'm saying? I like that God doesn't seem to give a shit about Shalom. I'm pretty sure he dies without God ever speaking to him. That's right. Because Shalom, as we find out in the next uh, couple verses, the 39th year of Uzziah, which is Azariah's other name. I don't know why it's switching. In the 39th year, he becomes the uh, king of Israel and rules for one month. So he does (laughs) nothing. Um, it was just really just, important that he kill someone's son who doesn't even probably even probably didn't even know his great grandfather who did something. Right. Yeah. So he comes in, fulfills God's prophecy by just murdering this dude. But as we know, God likes to have the people he chooses to do big things like that also suck. <laughs> so almost instantly he's he like, gets murdered himself. He's like, you have fulfilled my prophecy and ended the line of Jehu. And then one month later he gets got by like. Some random dude. Cool. Yeah, God's like, I don't want to play with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Woody. Okay, so um, if you want to know more about Shalom's reign, which I'm sure you don't, and I'm sure there's nothing more to it. Wouldn't it be funny cool. if that one month was, like, huge? He's like, by the way, I institute basic income. And they're like, what? Yeah, that was the greatest he legalized prostitution. He made sex work uh, regulated so that they were safe. It was great. Yeah. He's like, we're going to tax marijuana. They're like, get him. <laughs> The opioids, opioid <laughs> companies came after him. Yeah. Him. Like, excuse me, sir, sir. That's probably what he did is he, he pissed off the oh, lobbyists. Man. That's why his reign was only one month. Those other kings played ball. This makes me want to make a show about the Bible times, but just transposing it onto modern America. Yeah. <laughs> How are we going to write this? Okay. So and all the, all killed. the prophets are like Ben Shapiro types. Oh God. <laughs> just fucking cunts. <laughs> God doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> All right, you guys. Oh, we'll do them. <laughs> so I told him about that temple. Doesn't it make sense that you would do it this way, you guys? Uh, at that time, um, Menahem, right? So the Shalom thing's going on. He, he reigns for a month. Menahem, starting on a Tirzah, attacks Tipsha, Tipsa, and uh, basically they, they uh, lay siege to this place. They, they won't open the gates. He finally sacks it and rips out, rips open all the pregnant women. So that's cool. fun. Good king. Yeah. Great start. So what are you, that Hillary was the Clinton? first thing he did as king was he rips out the babies from all the pregnant women. You, you got to do that. I don't know why, but you have to. I don't do you understand. Think that, do you think that God deciding that the Israel's best abortion doctor should be king is a nod to abortion <laughs> being a good thing? Yeah, I wonder. Because, I mean, is any of this happening without God's say-so? Yeah, he reigns for 10 years. Uh, he got a, he had a nice 10-year reign, and he was out there doing horrific first through third trimester abortions. Like you, like, like you do. Like you do. Mostly third trimester, because if it's a first one, you don't even know she's pregnant, especially back then. Right. Well, I wonder if maybe he just was ripping women open all <laughs> the check. time. You know, it's like it's like he's like trying to find that golden ticket. You rip up all the Wonka bars. Yes. Even though, you know, it's a very small. Some of them you can see the golden ticket. Bulging, yeah. Some so. of you know. Some <laughs> okay. of you know. It's like cracking open a. Um, oh, God. What's that? Candy? Ferrero Rocher? <laughs> oh, yeah. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. So. Here's where things change pace a little bit. Up to this point, we're just ripping through these guys, right? Boom. Who cares? You already forgot Rip, their the names. The ripping and the tearing, yeah. You forgot their names. I forgot their names. It's fine. 
here's what happens during Minahan's reign that's kind of uh, going to be a big deal going down the line. So there is a king of Assyria. Now, Assyria is north of Syria, roughly. So Turkish-ish. Is Syria... Sort of. So I'm going to look up an actual map because I thought Syria was to the southwest. No. Syria is to the northeast of Israel today and always. Damascus is north and oh, east. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because the, the capital's in Damascus. Okay. So yeah, Jordan is west. Jordan is east. Syria is northeast. Okay. I did get confused because I remember Syria attacking Israel. Yeah. And then God being like, I will bring you a deliverer. And then he sends Assyria, yes. their younger, who's nerdier on the brother. other side of Syria. Yeah. Who's basically. even farther north. You yeah. Know? So it's so, a double, it's a it's a, the war of aggression to the second power. The war of northern aggression. I know the Assyrian kingdom was at points fucking enormous. So it probably wasn't just north. It was probably north and east and maybe even south. I, right? ha- I have a map of the Assyrian Empire in my Bible. Isn't that Ooh, cute? Lay it out. Uh, it basically goes into northern Iraq, all okay. of Syria pretty much. I mean, it, it, it's a little bit... I guess, I guess you would say that it's a lot of Syria, a lot of Iraq, uh, a little bit of the Jordan, like where Jordan is now, uh-huh. um, and into Turkey. Okay. So, so it's yeah, to the north. But it even actually goes down into... Ottoman Empire, kind of. It even goes down into Egypt a bit. Okay. So they yeah. basically had... At the height of their power, they were fucking huge. Yeah. Right. But the map I've got, which is confused, and I'll have to look into it more, it basically shows them having all of Israel, except there's a little patch, like a little sovereign citizen type circle that's just Judah. So it sounds yeah. like Judah was like an island under themselves, while Syria just was like, yeah, you're cool. We'll just cons- completely surround and consume all your... Uh, well, we're going to find out why in a second. They weren't exactly free. But anyways, sure. here's what happens. Are any of us? Assyria comes in, right? This king, his name is Pul, P-U-L. And he leads a uh, invasion of, of the whole area, right? So he's coming through Syria. He's getting into Israel specifically. And Menahem, this new king who had just killed Shalom during this 10-year reign, witnesses this Assyrian invasion. So what does he do? He goes to the king of Assyria and gives him a thousand talents of silver. If you're wondering, that's about 38 tons of silver. Fuckload. So kind of basically empties the coffers out as far as I'm concerned. Well, right? it's it's like when you run up a massive debt to save your company. You know, like, yeah, you are losing a lot of money. But if they win, you're losing the whole – you're losing income. Like, you'll never have money. If, if they take sure. the territories, if they take your taxes, you're really, really fucked. Yeah, it's obviously If they rape your it. wife, you know, there's that too. Just, yeah, losing some cash is, is better than being completely destroyed. I'll give you that. So what he does, and this is where I think he probably pissed some of the people off, is he made all the rich people in Israel contribute 50 shekels of silver themselves, which is like a pound and a half each, uh, which is still a lot of silver, I guess. I mean, you know, it's like I mean, a bar. whatever. It's a war tax. Um, yeah. let, let, let's talk about some of the themes in this because <laughs> – it's easy to like read through this and go, okay, so some Assyrians came in, he bribed them, whatever. And if it wasn't the Bible, yeah. if it was like a historical text, you wouldn't think much of it. But that it's the Bible, I think we're supposed to uh, – should we look deeper? Is there significance to the fact that instead of – there's no mention of them praying or trying to find a priest. I mean, Elisha's been dead, so there's no That's real right. established head prophet at the time. But it, it just sounds like they're like, oh, shit, we're being invaded by an invading armor, and they have to choose between money – or, you know, humbling themselves before God the way Moses and Moses' people would have done. And they're like, hey, we can just buy them off. Well, let's remember, 
um, you, you bring up a good point, but chronologically things are fucked right now because who did we witness last week? Jonah. Jonah's book isn't coming for a while. Um, so a lot of the prophets we're going to hit later in the Bible have are existing right now. Oh, interesting. I think. Um, I don't know to what extent. I know not Daniel, because Daniel's like during the Babylonian exile. But, like, I don't know exactly when Jeremiah and Isaiah and all these other dudes are kicking around. We know at least Jonah's out there. He has a short uh, Isaiah somewhere. is mentioned in a few chapters, I think. Yeah, so there's these guys that are going to be a huge deal. And I, I don't, don't know how many of them are alive. I think the prophets are still kicking, is my point. Okay, so um, it, it, we can't assume that there's not prophets and that God's yeah. not working. It's just for. I mean, I wonder if it's like. A, I mean that that could be interesting. I, I mean, I, I I have no idea what's in the Bible, so you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not goofing on you, but it I think would a be, lot of this will become more illuminated as we get further. It would in. be kind of interesting if the Bible takes on kind of like a uh, pulp fiction type turn where we're following <laughs> the kings, like where are everybody, and then just in the background they're just sneaking around, just doing like little <laughs> little side plot bullshit. Yeah, because these, uh, you know, as it as it goes, these monarchs, and I think this is the intention of the Bible, is the monarchs are always kind of the bad guy, even when they're good, right? Even David. I said is, we eat the rich. Yeah, thank you. Even David, in a lot of ways, is a bad guy. Um, mm. For I mean, obviously, he's exalted and celebrated and to this day by Christians and Jews. Well, bad guy might be a strong term. I don't even know if any of these guys, except for the guy ripping open women, they might just be flawed. I think all the Israelite kings are meant to be seen as bad I kind of wonder, I feel like that's one of those things that might be a uh, modern approach to, is that one of the things I've always thought about, like one of the, you know, not really being a Christian growing up, just dealing with Christians, was the concept of when it's one of them that slips up, then human beings are flawed. But yeah. when it's someone else outside of your tribe or whatever, you know, or, or from the wrong side of the tracks, people can be evil. Yeah. So I think depending on what your relationship is to a person, like we would consider David to be a flawed human being. We would consider Mahanaim to be evil. Absolutely. And that's what the Bible does. Like we were just talking about every Israelite king did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Every Jewish or every Judean king was pretty cool. Air yeah, quotes. just forgot that one thing. You when know. they're doing the same shit, they're doing literally the exact same sin. It's like, again, we've I've joked on this before, but when my dad... It's like, oh, Martin Luther King, or MLK Jr., like, yeah, what an asshole. He cheated on his wife. I'm like, well, didn't David do something even worse? He's like, yeah, but David, like, asked for forgiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm Shut pretty up. sure Newt Gringer, Gingrich was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, that guy. So, basically, Manahem, this current Israelite king, pays <laughs> I love off the idea these- of your dad shitting on somebody for cheating on his wife. He's like, I would never vote that guy for president. Not someone who cheats on his wife. <laughs> I have morals. But then they also like uh, MLK whenever he says things about nonviolence and see why are the writers? Anyways, (laughs) we don't need to do my therapy session right now. Uh, Menahem pays off the Assyrian king and sure enough, the Assyrian king fucking kicks rocks. He gets out of there. He leaves the Israelites alone being sated by that 38 tons of silver. There's a lot you can do with 38 tons of silver. You probably want to go back and play with it. Um. So, what happens next? If you want to know more about Menahem, what do you do? You go read Chronicles, which we'll do eventually. And he is succeeded by his son. So, this guy didn't get assassinated. He dies happily after 10 years of reign. And Pekahiah, shitty name, by the way. Pekahiah, his son, takes over. 
And this is in the 50th year of Azariah. So we're getting near the end of Azariah's reign. So keep that in the back of your mind, right? What do you have, 52 years? Yeah. Yeah, 52 so, years. So towards the end of, so it's kind of like a uh, Fidel Castro type thing. Like there's all these different people taking over, taking over, and then just down south. There's some guys like, yeah. I've been here forever. Chilling. <laughs> just chilling, just biding my time. And we also know that Pekahiah, it says, is going to reign for two years, which, if you do the math, lines up with how long Azariah has to, or Azariah huh. has to, to reign. We don't so see that both- that often. I mean, there was a... Uh, when Jehu took over, he killed yes. two kings simultaneously. So there was a That's simultaneous secession. And that but. was like six generations back or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, so weird that, uh, yeah. So Pekahiah, two years into Azariah's line. So as so Uzziah or Azariah, however, however which way you want to name him, the Bible uses both. Um, right as his reign's about to end, this dude named Pekah, the son of Ramalia, an, offer of his, an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria in the citadel of the king's house. Yeah. Uh Another assassination, no big deal. Yeah, just uh, side Park side note for these people. I don't think I, I don't think I have to say this, but by the way, Pekahiah did evil in the eyes of the Lord. You know this. Oh, yeah, we we got just got to say. I, I honestly, I legitimately just wonder what they expected of him. You know, at this point, this these evil in the eyes of the Lord. I'm not even sure who's supposed to be telling them not to do it anymore. It's not like I mean, I guess God did give israel a chance he did send elijah and elisha to be like hey you guys need to take cut the shit out and yeah. then they died and now probably it was like hundreds of years later they're still it'd be like what you guys are still having a fall dance i'm like we've had a fall dance here for 200 years like well yeah, don't you if, know you're not supposed to and like shut up man yeah, yeah if elisha couldn't talk us out of it why, why yeah, would we stop fucked. now we had the guy who was literally like sicking bears on kids <laughs> you know if that guy can't Scare you straight? You, Darren Norwood sure ain't going to do it. If the fucking bear whisperer can't get you out of this. <laughs> okay, so... Did you ever find out if uh, Darren Norwood killed his wife? No, I put in a FOIA request to the... Uh, uh, one of these days, for people... Oh, for no, listen- he did not kill his wife, I should say. He oh. he did have cops show up at his house for domestic disturbance. I'm still trying to find oh. out whether or not he died of opioid usage. I put in a... Freedom of Information Act request. Well, it's technically a public information request because it's state, not federal. But we're it's in the works. We're gonna <laughs> we, find out about. We have we have top notch journalist Grant DeVoice <laughs> trying to smear the name of a dead man on That's this right. podcast only for the good of the because people. he made us sit through a fucking high school assembly where he wasted all our time. And I want. I wish I he forget. was alive today so I could kill him. But instead, I have to just slander his memory. I'm going to murder yeah. his reputation if I can. Uh, second best thing you can do. <laughs> so, Fucker. Good. I'm glad we had that sidebar. Uh, Pekka takes over. All right. The 52nd year of Azariah, which, or Azariah, which we know will be his last. Pekka, the son of Ramalia, who is an assassin, uh, takes over as the king of Israel in Samaria. And he is going to reign for a considerable 20 years. Not bad. You gotta respect that twenty-year game. Yeah, um, I mean, he earned it. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so he did the same shit, thing. right? The same exact shit as all the other kings. Uh, and eventually, as you could probably guess, if you flipped a coin, you're gonna get this one right. He is killed by an assassin named Hosea. Now that name is gonna be important, and we'll find out why soon. But just know 
that Pekka got killed 20 years into his reign by Hosea. We should also Somebody. mention, because it, it's kind of weird when you're reading the Bible like this. Yeah. Because the timeline, because they bounce back and forth between Israel and Judah. Yeah. And because there's a couple of kings that get lost. It, it, it's almost like they do a little bit of Israel and they talk about things that happen to Israel. And then they have to, when they switch back to Judah, they're like, okay, but now we're... 40 years prior yeah and we Point have to you, recover now you're in Jerusalem. yeah so it's a little yeah. bit it's, it's a little bit um annoying yeah it's definitely annoying i was trying to think of that uh director whom i hate personally Nolan. but i like his movies he don't he wrote he directed pulp fiction famous oh, director quentin tarantino tarantino yeah he just does yeah. i hate him as a person but i enjoy his movies but yeah uh, it's got feet guys always hate each other it's like a competition thing. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'll suck it clean he's like oh <laughs> he doesn't even do the work yeah you're not, uh, okay. put, you're not even so. gonna do that for your wife um but anyway the point is, is that in the time of israel they get attacked by uh a king of assyria named tiglath pileser who takes a bunch of territories so so while um Pekka is king. Assyria has a what my Bible calls a great campaign, which is a weird way to say it, uh, a great campaign into Israel and takes a bunch of cities and captures a bunch of Naphtali people and uh, probably some Danites too while I was up there. But yeah, he takes Gilead, Galilee, so kind of like east east side of Israel. Yeah, um, Naphtali's land. So, so the point is that it mentions offhand. Oh, by the way, Tiglath Pileser, Pileser, what the fuck is his name? Pileser, uh, a king of Assyria storms israel and takes a bunch of territory in the north yes because we're going to explain that guy. later when we talk about judah yeah this is just so you know assyrian records also talk about this dude um he is a definitely a king during the assyrian uh, empire so uh we're, we're dealing with like actual people now it, it's also kind of interesting that so we had pull the king of assyria and now we have tiglath pileser yes. and these are really the first mentions we even have of Assyria proper, you know, they, it, it, as a historical document, it's kind of interesting to note when certain nations start to be mentioned. Like at this point, Assyria is a big enough established enough nation that the Bible's like, oh, by the way, you know, some fucking Assyrians were here, Tiglath Pileser. Like it's just kind of a, it's a little bit oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really placing us um, in history because we know when he was the king because of Assyrian records, right? So it's verifiable that even though the Bible doesn't have any dates, really. Um, we know that this was like in the 700, 700s BC. So my, some, my Bible states this is seven hundred thirty-four to seven hundred thirty-two yeah. BC is there you where go. people kind of tried to pin it down to. So, right, Pekka, we know he dealt with this whole invasion by uh, Tiglath-Pileser. Meanwhile, Jotham, who we also know took over in the same year down in Jerusalem, right? Because there was no. It lined up when the two kings died. Well, Jotham I, is I don't know. See, it says in my Bible, chapter Second uh, Kings 32, in the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramalia, oh, king yeah. of Israel, Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. So they I don't know if they fucked here. up their math. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because okay. it should have so been the again, same the year. Bible but kind of sucks. It might have to do with um, the whole uh, leprosy thing. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Well, see, I don't know because fucked. it says in the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Ramalia, became king over Israel and reigned 20 years. Then Pekah is killed by Hashea. So I'm assuming that's well into the reign of Jotham. Yeah. But. Near the end, in fact. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time. So in the second year of Pekah. So now we've gone back 
18 years. Yes. To talk about now, Pekka has. Tw- this is interesting. Pekka has 20 years. Jotham only has 16. But so presumably if he takes over in the second year of Pekka, that means his reign will still come up two years short of Pekka in the 18th year of Pekka, who will have 20. Right. So right? there's no way that Pekka or Hosea and Jotham reigned at the same time. Correct. Okay. We'll see. Okay. So we'll see if that holds true, if the math is going to work out here. Sorry, guys. I know this part kind of sucks. Um, let's try and get into something interesting. Just fucking boring. So Jotham is uh, ruling. Um, he's Uzziah, Azariah's son, and he's 25 years old when he takes over. Again, it's kind of hard to say exactly what was going on because he was ruling when his dad got leprosy for some reason. Um, it says he did right in the eyes of the Lord, just like his dad, but once again, came up short in that he allowed the high places to remain, these little weird worship spots that they had, like their house gods or whatever. Um, he also rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. I couldn't tell. Do you think that's the same spot where they had problems from when Israel attacked Judah last episode or two episodes ago? The upper gate of what? Remember how they took out like 600 yards of the wall whenever they invaded? Oh, when they invaded and they just tore apart the wall to get it uh, into Jerusalem. uh, Jerusalem. So it might have been repairs due to that siege. Who knows? Anyways, Uh, he was a a good builder boy. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) I just move into Palestine and kick some people out. (laughs) Uh, If you want to know anything else about him, of course, you can um, look into the uh, book of Chronicles. But by the way, side note, during his reign, um, Rezin, the king of Aram or Syria uh, and Pekka, this guy in ruling Israel kind of teamed up to fuck with Jerusalem. So that's the end of chapter 15, chapter 16 kind of run through this basically um, in the 17th year of Pekka, which kind of lines up with our math. Ahaz, Jotham's son takes over, right? Jotham had just died in the end of 15. And he's 20 years old. He becomes the king, and he's going to reign for 16 years. Here's the catch. Unlike David, his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel, going so far as to sacrifice his own son in the fire, which I think is fucking cool, but whatever. the (laughs) I would watch 10 out of 10. I mean, I have. I have watched it. I do. So we know that he did did that. some dark places. He did that just like the the Edomite king had done uh, earlier in Second Kings. Um, I think our first episode of Second Kings, the guy that sacrificed to protect his son Edom, to, yeah, yeah, that saved him from Israelites. Now, as I had mentioned earlier, the king of Syria, whose name is Rezin, and Pekah, the king of Israel, marched together to fight Jerusalem and besieged Ahaz in Jerusalem, but they could not overpower him. Um, what they were, however, able to do was capture a town called Elath, which, interestingly enough, is the southernmost tip of Israel. Um, it's, it's weird because we mentioned Elath was one of the places that uh, the previous king of Israel, not the previous king, but I think the one before uh, Jotham, we, we mentioned it. He took it from Syria, yeah, and it was a um, coastal town used for trade. So the the significance of Elath and why we've mentioned it, like the, it getting captured, it getting recaptured by Israel, is that it's a major economic port, and losing it is detrimental to the economy of Judah. And it kind of is like, okay, well, we couldn't siege the city, but we have taken away major funding and we're weakening Judah. Like, it's a major blow to Judah. 
It is because it's the left. only southern port that Israel has. Because um, they just barely touch the Gulf of Aqaba down there, which is like the right side of the Sinai Peninsula. Right, the left side is the uh, what is that? The uh, Suez. And so over on the right side is where Israel actually has waterway so, that like goes out to the Indian Ocean. So, um, so I don't. A, my Bible states that because we're we're kind of again time traveling a little bit. Yeah. So by losing Elath, Judah is like, oh fuck, we're really desperate. So they claim this is the spark that makes Judah align with Assyria and be like, hey, you guys should attack from the north and fuck up the whole place as like yes. vengeance. So when we, we were talking about the reign of Pe- uh, Pekka and how the king of Assyria invaded from the north and took a whole bunch of territory, the thing that started that was this that we're now covering in this chapter when they took Elath. So it's kind of hard to piece it together in your mind, but... Yeah, so try and try and hold these thoughts together just for a little while. I swear we'll get out of so this. So allegedly, eventually. the thing we talked about previously was the final result of what they're doing now. Yes, because what... What Ahaz does is he sees that Elath has been taken. He sends a messenger to Tiglath-Pileser, who we had talked about last chapter, and says, look, I'm your servant. I'm your vassal. Bada bing, bada boom. I swear fealty to you. I'll do whatever the fuck you ask. Please save me. Right? And so he takes all the silver and the gold from the temple of the Lord, right? God's money, all the treasury of the royal palace, and sends all of it to uh, Tiglath-Pileser, the king of Assyria. Who says, yeah, fuck yeah, man. He's like, I just got paid off by the Israelites recently. Right. I guess it was that pool. That was pool. His dad. So Tiglath, his Tiglath dad didn't take no bribes except for the first one. <laughs> he yeah. took pain. So Tiglath gets this money from Judah and is like, yep, let's do this. So he comes in, fucking wipes out Syria, captures Damascus, takes all the Syrians and deports them to a place called Kir, which is like in northeastern Syria. So like up near Turkey and Iraq and stuff. Now, King Ahaz, after having sworn fealty to this fucking Assyrian king, goes to Damascus, which had just been captured by him, and basically, as he's there, you know, he's there just to like swear allegiance, and he sees this uh, crazy altar, like a gorgeous, sexy pagan altar, and he, I guess he's an artist, he sketches a copy of this altar down and sends it home back to. Uh, what Uzziah, I think is his name, the, the head priest. So he sends it home to this head priest and says, build this. This is what we want. And, oh, sorry, Uriah. He sent it to Uriah, which is the name of the guy that David cucked, right? Same Uriah name. was the name of the guy yeah. David cucked, yes. Hold so on. I'm, I'm Uriah the priest. The, I'm doing research here. Just take a second. Okay. Before you finish. So I know I know what I'm going to say. You're doing Uriah. Or if you want to jump in. Well, I'm just, I, I just want to take five seconds to figure out why the Assyrians are so devastating that they can just wipe out Syria. And in the back of my mind, I almost wonder if this was the period as it moved from the Bronze Age to the Iron Age. And they had iron. And that, that I, I vaguely recall someone, I think it was Dan. Who's that historical guy we like? Dan, Dan Carlin. Huh? Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin, who was saying that it was like the Assyrians were like that nation that everyone just kind of bullied. And then somewhere around the line, they figured out iron and just started fucking shit up. Well, that it says the Iron Age started around 500 BC or at the earliest. Oh, so then we're a little bit prior to that. Yeah, a couple hundred years away. But this is probably them like 
getting that dick hard. Yeah, oh, but just, actually, then there's the History Channel says it could have started as early as 1200. So maybe. Yeah. The uh, I'm looking at Levant, the Bronze Age. The Israelites were an ancient Semitic-speaking people of the ancient Near East who inhabited part of Canaan during the tribal and monarchic periods, 15th to 6th century BC, and lived in the region in smaller numbers after the fall of the monarchy. The name Israel appears around 1209 BC at the end of the Late Bronze Age at the very beginning of the Iron Age. By 800 BCE, the Syrian army was ruthlessly conquering using iron weaponry, which was superior to bronze. Yeah. So that's, that, that was just something I vaguely recalled from, like, middle school. Was that... Well, yeah, do it. Do it now into, like, a okay. thing. Yeah, so, I don't know. All this talk was making me just do a bunch of research, and I couldn't remember. Because I vaguely recall a couple of things in my mind was that the Bronze Age existed, and there was pre-established Middle Eastern boundaries... And then one nation figured out iron before pretty much everybody else, and then just started wiping the shit out of everybody. And then that kind of pieced together something I remember from uh, Dan Carlin's. Uh, uh, what was that? What was that one? Wrath of the Cons, maybe. Not Wrath of Cons. The one about uh, the Spartans. Oh, Nin- the, uh, Nineveh. Not Nineveh. The one about oh the Spartans. Yeah, I know what you're talking about the Greek one. The Greek one, whatever. But the how- King of Kings. Yeah, King of Kings, where the Assyrians yeah. were kind of like some nobodies. And then somehow they figured out technology that allowed them to just kick the shit out of everybody. And I think that's what we're witnessing now is that this is about the birth of the Iron Age. That and that sense. what we're seeing were the Assyrians who just show up out of nowhere and just smack the shit out of the Syrians who were such a major threat is that kind of to explain it is that they figured out how to make iron. Which, by the way, would just completely shatter the shit out of like more brittle bronze stuff yeah, if you're I wondering think, how that works. Yeah, I, it's it's second grade shit, but it's it's like it's all piecing together finally. Well, yeah. no, I just... It's badass. There's a little history thrown in, guys. We're, we're treating you well today. Right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So the Assyrians are able to – the reason that they're able to just basically conquer at, at a whim is because they have the tech, right? They invented the fucking nuclear bomb, basically. Um, and they just uh, took out Tr- Damascus with it. Now, like I said, the king, he goes to Damascus. He sees the Assyrian altar, which is far superior to their weak shit back in Jerusalem. Sends a sketch back to Uriah, his uh, high priest. And by the time he gets home, Uriah has already built this altar in accordance with the plans that the king sent him. So Ahaz gets back and changes the rules. He sees the altar that was built. He's like, this is it. This is fucking, this is how we party now. Right. So he totally redoes the setup in the temple. Um, He's like, this is where we're going to do all our burnt offerings, our grain offerings. We're going to pour drinks out here. We're going to splash blood on here. He's like, the bronze altar, the god one, I'll like keep it for whenever I need to ask God some shit. But mostly, <laughs> mostly I'm all about Assyrians now, baby. We're on the fucking A train. Yeah, he's like, the old bronze one that's specifically for God, that's like the guest house. Like, yeah. you know, for special occasions, I might bring it out, but, you know, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, it's my fucking piss bowl now. So he also <laughs> rips out he uh he totally changes the temple. What does it say he does? He uh takes the altar out, he moves like a curtain around. Basically yeah, desecrates this is, this, is, this is riveting shit. <laughs> he, well, he desecrates God's temple is the problem. Um It does sound starts- like he remodeled it. And it sounds like, uh, I almost want to say it's like Beetlejuice, almost, where yeah. like they're dead. God's been dead a long time. And he's like, What do you what did they do to my kitchen? What do they do to my living room? I'm going to get fucking angry. 
Yeah. Okay, here we go. Specifically, he took out the Sabbath canopy uh, that was built at the temple. So just all this like niceties that had been put in place for God, he removes them, makes it more of an Assyrian rig. Because, hey, they're a fucking vassal state now, right? They're basically a state in the Assyrian Empire, um, which yeah, is how they were able to fair. exist still. The, the, uh, the only way Judah was able to survive is by pledging fealty to Assyria. And part of that comes with the rules of like, all right, we'll take down all that f- bullshit that you have for your shitty Semitic god. Yeah. So it basically it was, you know, it, like in the movie 300 when they come around asking for dirt, yeah. he gave them dirt. Yeah. More or less. He's like, so, you worship the gods of iron and blood now, bitch. And they're like, yeah, that's pretty yes, that's sure. cool. I mean, we used to just worship the god of blood and murdering kids, but <laughs> this sounds better. Uh, so then, of course, the Bible tells us if we want to know anything else about um, Ahaz, we can read it in Chronicles. And that is the end of chapter 16. Uh, Judah being completely um, under the power of Assyria now, Israel and Syria having been decimated roughly by uh, Assyria. But we're going to get more into that in chapter 17, which we'll save for the next episode. But uh, Israel has a new daddy. Yes, they do. And he is kind of fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) He's like that new stepdad that's a little too young and a little too friendly with your daughter, and he smokes menthol cigarettes. You're like, this guy is all right. Oh, I've seen that video. <laughs> uh, uh, so, sorry, guys. I mean, this sucks. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, there's some cool history. Like, we got to dive into like actual history a little bit. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about you know why God's such a dick and why his uh, king sucks so hard. But it is uh, this is probably one of the more boring parts of the Bible. I will say. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess what, what what where are we at right now? Is is Israel just so lost and so gone that God's like I'm not even paying attention anymore. Just let them fight. Just let whatever well, happens happens. I think the problem is that this is just a bad spot in Israel's history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, preferably you're not going to be like, "Oh, and this is when God was being cool with us." You know, <laughs> they're they're removing God from the story because what is he going to do? I mean, this is their history. This is real. Right. This fucking yeah. happened. You know, unlike the stories of Jericho and shit. Well, which it are sounds largely- like an abusive relationship where they're like, hey, where, where'd you get that black guy? Like, oh, my husband. Uh, how do I explain this away? Uh, I earned it. I did this by <laughs> burning his shirts. Like, you just just walk away. Like, I was boxing. Yeah, I was boxing with his... I, I didn't know at the time I was boxing, but he did. I think that what we're seeing is just Israel's history. And whenever it sucks, you got to pull the God out or make it where... You know, it's because of something you did, like you said. Yeah. You know, I, uh, well, we were bad. You know, oh, these kings were shitty. And no mention of, like, the people suffering or what have you. Uh, just uh, It just sounds you know. such a weak excuse. Like, why did God allow his chosen people to get ripped apart? Oh, well, because there was some incense burning on top of a mountain. And, well, yeah, that seems like a fair response. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, I've killed better people than this for lesser things than that. If you tried to transcribe it to middle times, like, what happened? Oh, yeah, my wife had a miscarriage and she really wanted to keep that one. It's like, yeah, did you burn incense at the wrong time or did you maybe run a red light or something? That's probably. You sound like my mom, but. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like just some massive, massive overcorrection by God for minor slights that only make sense to him, really. Like, if, 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 if you heard anyone else treating anyone else like this over this, you'd go, that's a fucking maniac, you know? Yeah. If you're like, what happened to your son? Oh, I cut off his hand. Like, why? You'd be like, listening to rap music. You're like, okay. God, we should, we should make that guy God. I guess. 
you established the rules and told him you would punish him, but it just doesn't seem just. But what do I know? I'm not, you know. You don't know shit. That's what. I don't know shit. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a hard point, uh, hard times right now for Israel. Um, I don't, don't know if I like it at all. I think it's important <laughs> that we have this, right? Like, it's important that we have sort of an unbroken lineage of how they got from the crazy, like, fairy tale stories into what will be, like, history, you know, and, like, just before the Romans showed up. Right. So it's good that it's here, but, yeah, damn, it's just not fun to read through, especially when they have to use the same goddamn phrases with just, every story. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing over there. He did evil, look him up in Chronicles. This guy did evil. He got killed by a friend, and then look him up in Chronicles. Yeah, it, it just seems we're so far removed from those quaint stories of like, and then Joseph had a magic coat. And yeah, his, let's talk about Samson again. Hell yeah. yeah was, and, then, and then this guy killed him. It's just, oh yeah, here's a guy. He forgot to take down a billboard, so we had somebody kill him. Uh, okay, whatever. And it almost seems like if you didn't, it, it seems like such a pathetic ISIS-like excuse for, hey, why are all these terrible things happening? Why are we stuck in a constant civil war? Why are the kings just being allowed to be murdered randomly, constantly, always? And they're like, oh, yeah, because um, something about a bull? That explains it. Don't worry about it. It's not that <laughs> – It's not that light, like I, I love the idea of like um, – you know, in my life as an atheist, people trying to convince me to read the Bible and give myself over to God so that I can have sense and purpose in the universe and not realize that the universe is chaos and darkness. I'm like, but it is, like, it's not much better, you guys. If this is no, your idea not. of God in control, what the fuck? I mean, I get it to a certain extent that, like, yeah, we can point to disobedience, but it's so not only ham-fisted, but also, like transparently bullshit you know that you know no maybe the king did something slightly wrong but to be like oh this is this deserves them being wiped out as my chosen people is kind of nah yeah the assyrians who i'm pretty sure don't worship god (laughs) doing quite well for themselves you know well and you know you got to think about it all these enemies and the now they're kind of na- there's no real motive. You don't see motivation to these enemies now besides them being paid off or whatever. They seem sure. like normal city states. In the past, the enemies were what they were inspired by God to do bad things. Like God made them, God changed the mind of Pharaoh and made him do bad things to Israel. Um, right. Yeah. It almost seems like are we even? And to me, that's what like it like when horrible things happen to Israel. It's like and then God rose up an army of Canaanites and, and Edomites and whatever. And now God's just like yeah, whatever. Let them fight. Yeah, they kind of have agency now in a weird way, I guess, which yeah. is cool. But I don't know. Let's see where this takes us. I'm not. It's like it's <laughs> like you got tired. Like every time your daughter would act out, you just hit her. And then now she's old you enough. Love, you're like, all right, you're you on your own. Love. And you're like, well, she's living in a crack house. And you're like, that's fine. The our inability to get through an episode without a like domestic abuse example from you is <laughs> that's what it is though. That's, I, there's no other no, way to is. explain it is that you have an all knowing uh, someone who's allegedly responsible for you and definitely in control of you who then treats you this way. I don't know, ladies, walk away. Walk away, hell yeah. Uh, what's our uh, what's our stupid? Oh uh, yeah, Twitter if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Bible Pimps. And if you want to send an email, we you will can do that. Be at a, ba- don't worry about that. I was listening to some old episodes where you're like, Ed, Revelations podcast. I was like, oh, that didn't last long. And this one's going to last. I've been seeing what you're up to. It's going to last even less. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I'm being 
careful. Oh, yeah. Uh, and by me, I mean, yeah, me, because you were running the old one. Allegedly. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that at revelationspodcast at gmail.com. Once it gets um, banned, we're going to have to get like a third guy that can take the fall <laughs> for your fucking yeah. iniquities. We'll have one of our dogs run the new Twitter. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not my dog. He's racist. Yeah. <laughs>